Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are tales about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician, being in our system. I only saw Carson once in my clinic, but he'd made quite an impression on everyone there within neurology. He was about 40 years old, although he looked quite a bit older. His face was darkened from the sun, creased heavily with splotches, which I thought might represent early stages of keratitis or squamous cell carcinoma. He was dressed in what appeared to be old clothes, patched in many places, covered by a coat with crisscross strips of fur matched with a dark, untrimmed beard. His shoes were more conventional, which were workman's boots, and had appeared to be worn through to the steel toe, at least on the left, and had been repaired at least several times in the past. He seemed to squint most of the time, but when his eyes were open, they had a greenish shade, like the color of lily pads at dusk. As I walked into the clinic room, he stood up and reached out to shake my hand. I introduced myself, somewhat hesitant given the rampant biases in my mind provided the patient's appearance and what I expected to hear back. To my surprise, Carson spoke clearly and concisely with a bit of a New England accent. Nice to meet you, sir. Thank you for seeing me today. Recovering from what was a somewhat shocking breakdown of my expectations, I asked the patient what I could do for him. Well, doctor, nothing really. I'm not particularly interested in medical care. After being in the emergency clinic yesterday, they suggested I come see you just in case there was something that needed to be done before I'm on my way. When I asked Carson what had been going on, he noted that he'd been getting weaker on his left side, but that he didn't make much of it. As you might have noticed, I live off the land. I built a cabin up in the mountains. My dog, Stone, and me, we farm and hunt. I'd heard of people like Carson, who were industrious enough to be able to live by themselves off the grid. I asked him why he had become such a person. Oh, a mountain man? I gave up on society, on people, years and years ago. There's too much materialism, too much need for money, and not enough of a connection with what really surrounds us. He continued that it was a choice and one he never regretted. Well, sir, then why are you here then? I asked again. Carson relayed that he grew plants and set traps for game, and that he would often walk 10 to 20 miles a day for these opportunities. I have a degree in horticulture, so I'm pretty familiar with the plants here. And the small game, they're plentiful, he noted, but I have to go get them. Apparently, Carson was having issues hiking in his usual routine that he'd noted he used to be able to do in every season during the day, namely in sunlight. Now it's starting to get dark as I turn up to my cabin past the creek, so I know I'm late. He had tripped near one of the dirt roads and apparently had lost consciousness and had been found by some hikers who insisted he come with them to the emergency room. I had no desire to go, but I admit I was scared and tired, so I went. The doctors there think, perhaps, I may have had a stroke. I don't know. 
I thought strokes happened all of a sudden. They told me to come here afterward. So I stayed in the park down the street and came here in the morning. I have to admit, I marveled at the inconsistency of Carson, but also his resolve. I talked to him about his weakness, and he told me how it seemingly had evolved over several months, thus less likely a stroke. We went through the differential diagnosis, in which he just shook his head. His examination showed a clear weakness on his entire left side, and increased reflexes. I told the patient he really should be evaluated with imaging to assess this further. Doctor, I asked the other doctors in emergency, what can be done now? I mean, you listed all the things that could be. I noted to Carson that this could be a whole host of things. That he could be having seizures. That he might have something in his brain. That certainly he could have had a stroke and the like. He asked if this could be treated holistically since he didn't take medications. I told him that, to my knowledge, most of these things could not, but some things might be surgically treated. No and no, said Carson quietly, yet definitively. I don't take medications, although I do drink tea that I make from herbs, and I don't believe in surgery. Shaking my head ever so slightly, I asked again, why the patient had come to see me then. Maybe it was just I wanted to know what might be going on. I won't change my life. If it's my time, it's my time. Although I knew it would be futile, I tried convincing Carson that the best thing to do for his health was to get evaluated, get a diagnosis, and potentially be treated so he could go back to living the way he wanted to live. He just shook his head. Doctor, like I said, I've given up on this society. Why would I go and get lots of tests that I can't pay for, engage in the greedy system, and take medicines or worse, and have to deal with all of this? He gestured to our room as he looked up. Again, I'd be falling into the same trap you all have. After a slight pause, I said to the patient that it was his choice and that we would be here if he changed his mind and wanted to take advantage of our system's care structure. That's just it, doctor. Your system. It's your system that I've been lucky enough to get away from. And I will again. He smiled and thanked me. Then Carson got up, shook my hand, and left the clinic without checking out. My medical assistant came up to me and asked what we were going to do with him. After a moment, I answered, nothing, quietly. He's going back to his system. And as I walked back to my office, I wondered what was going to happen to him and who really was getting the better deal. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.